0: good morning and welcome and god's blessings let us choose to be of good cheer if you're a christian a born-again believer in jesus christ the lord you know it ain't all over yet Man, we've got a great part to play right now by prayer, by fasting continually, by uplifting our government and the decisions they're making, the counsel they're getting, the steps we're taking all around in every state. It's a time now to be a good relationship witness everywhere we go and represent Jesus by showing equal opportunity, real respect. Be they high office in our country, be they the lowest estate, somebody. Who's not working, somebody who is working. You know, it's time to get over this big statue we've made in the Christian community. And I'm talking in this podcast, every ministry word. I teach only to the Christians, everyone else we respect. We respect the Christian, but we respect all the other people and their choices. But we want to get the word of the Lord to the ministers of the Christians that call themselves Christians in these United States and wherever anyone wants to listen, be they a Christian. You know, we're not against atheists. We're not against non-believers or backsliders. God isn't. He just wants you to get the, he wants to reveal himself so you don't, you know, you can get past Man's opinion, media, representations, all these things that are out there that are just such false witnesses. You know, it's Jesus' character that counts. And how can you tell about Christ if you've only met a bigot, a racist, a backbiter, a lust-filled crook or somebody like that who's you know in it for the money, the Demas of the day. Apostle Paul talked about Demas. He mentioned a couple of names. I'm not men- mentioning any names. Do you hear me mention famous Christian, non-famous person's names? No, I don't. But Paul himself, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament... He mentioned two people that caused him great trouble, that he was very concerned about their walk. One of them was Demas, D-E-M-A-S, and it said that Demas left Paul. He'd been handpicked, mentored, called by God, but he had an ego issue. He had a life issue, and that was he wanted the things of this world more than he wanted the cause of the risen Christ. And he left Paul and the other disciples and went on his way, and Paul moaned, uh, mourned and said, he, you know, pained his soul, troubled him, and he says, Demas has loved the things of this world, has lusted after the things what life could give him more than the Lord, and he has gone and departed from us. And I think I've talked on before, God gave me the word a while back, a message for the Christians, the Demasization of America, and that means talking to the Christian first looking at me i'm looking at you god if i have to talk on any message i want you to know that for all my life in ministry all these years decades that god has always had me live it first so i'm in here with everyone all right so the other part that that caused Paul great trouble and he mentioned him was Alexander the coppersmith. Alexander the coppersmith did him great harm. Maybe he backbit him. Maybe he was a Pharisee. Maybe he accused him. Maybe he swindled him and conned him and was cunning like some people are doing right now and have done in the day in ministry. And I want to say that the reason we're here today, I, let me go back a minute as a prophet, as an apostle prophet of this movement, you know, here, I've had for months, well, I've had for years, sifting and repeated sifting and fine-tuning and trial upon trial and heaps of trouble and no one to help me and people that are scared of me and people that are just scared of everything. And he was winnowing me And he's always winnowing me to get closer to him and be who he really wants me to be, not who I think I want to be or anyone else puts pressure on me to be in their image. I'm not going to keep my focus on you, anybody's teaching, anybody's look. I'm going to focus on the Lord. That's the only way to make it right now. So we're talking to what happened For months, last year, over years, a couple of years, I've been getting that this sifting is precipitating an epic change. Now, when I study all the leadership and the words of the Lord in the Old Testament to his people, the Hebrews, and I put them out there as a warning to the church in America, a warning over and over to the Christians you can't point to any faith and blame them, accuse them. This is not about them. This is about the Lord. If my people, he says in Chronicles seven fourteen, Second Chronicles, if my people shall choose to humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, pray, I will hear and heed and give them back healing in their land, and that's what's needed. Now it has been needed. So the Lord had me look up Ovidiah as a word of the Lord, the Edomite, monetary, fleshly, carnal, Esau-type priesthood that had worked their way into the Old Testament, good priesthood, the remnant. There's always a holy remnant. He'd had me read Isaiah, the first 10 chapters, over and over, the national word to the people of God, God's people, the leadership, and the first three chapters of Isaiah are this warning word, because of you, says the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, because of God's leadership, turning to little g, God's false teaching and vanity, they were missing God, not hearing God, not doing really the work of the Lord that counted to block, that was blocking his anointing is yoke breaking anointing because this fierce nation of Assyrians were about to take them over. Isaiah eleven excuse me, Isaiah ten twenty seven says My yoke can make your necks so fat with my anointing, my power that no fierce nation can take you over and wipe you out that controlling spirit. So we have lots of words I've given. And I've been getting for months, last year, why am I going through this? You know, all these things, poverty, man, you wouldn't believe what went on. Things that went on with ego, a lot of huge ego. And it weren't non-believers and they weren't, uh, let's say they weren't we global. That means we are multicultural. We're, they were not black or dark skinned. But this is not about them. This is about the spirit all right, and I was getting about an epic change that there was coming, an epic change that would be, and I didn't know about this virus. I didn't know anything like this. I didn't sense this at all. All I knew is that God kept showing me revival. He would show me true revival, Luke 1.17, where it talks about the epic change after the Old Testament, after the warning and the sober warning to the priests in Malachi, you say you're my messengers. Well, I'm going to send my messenger into the temple suddenly. And then there was a 400 years between the Old Testament, the New Testament of silence. No Bible canon. When I believe that the priesthood was wrestling with themselves and they were morphing and getting more Edomite, more Belial, which is like the first Samuel priesthood, the Eli Compassion Fatigue user priesthood, who were... All-knowing, but they used the people for their offering and pressured them in the flesh. They would use the women, accused lone women and other people, and it brought judgment. They were such a misrepresentation in the first Samuel Eli Temple High Priesthood. I've written on that a lot. All these things I've written on trying to give a wake-up word, shake people's thinking before this time. Starting in 2013, I guess. So we have the looking of the false priesthood intermingled with the great priesthood. And after the Malachi word, the word of the Lord came, you know, you always hear certain teachers always, always in Christians, they only teach on Malachi 3.10, bring your tithe into the storehouse and you'll have no room, more room and then you will have God rebuke the devourer. I believe that. I could believe that. But you forget to read the whole book also, which has no, about the fear of the Lord and the priesthood. It talks about the priesthood who was an abuser and he was complaining to God and he had divorced his wife of his youth. And there he was crying out for more money, more, you know, more blessings. And God says to him, but your wife, the one you forced to divorce with no choice, was here an hour before you weeping on my altar. And so this great mixture, the unholy mixture, the ungodly mixture, the unyielding mixture has been here for years. And I was getting that we needed to get right with the Lord so he we could prevent judgment, His judgment. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm assessing it based on the principles in the Old Testament of how He acts with people, His people. I would say the Bible confirms in Peter, where it says, let judgment, we are to allow and permit judgment in the house of God. That means each of the houses, men and women, head of family, head of temple, head of home, let self-judgment, not accusation, but assessment and repentance, turning from our own wicked ways privately, so that he can heal our land and get us in the right place. Reset it. I got the you know I've given given a lot of words and I'm getting them all out at once about the sifting. There would be an epic time which would be equal to the shocking time change in the spirit when Jesus came and encountered the Pharisees who were the morphed after the Old Testament four hundred silent years wrestling with the. Edomite priesthood, the family kind of good priesthood. They had Zechariah, father of son John the Baptist, that came, you know, the remnant, mixed in with the Pharisees and Sadducees, the accusers of Jesus. The ones who were in it for the power position, the flesh and money, like the user priesthood of First Samuel, Eli and his sons, the Belial, that means devilish, warped priesthood. So then I was getting, repeatedly, and I didn't know what, or why, or how. There's coming an epic time that will be so epic, that will be equal to the epic proportion of change and challenges that came when Jesus came to plant the first new church. And now we're in it. I say we're in it. You know, nobody, I couldn't get anybody. Maybe a few that were probably not in the tongue-talking crowd, but the evangelicals, because they're a lot more friendly, I couldn't get but barely a few to even want to speak with me because it was so high and (laughs) mighty. It is so high cotton out here in ministry, certain parts. And if you don't have your look or your pedigree or your connection, you're not deemed as valid or worthy, and maybe you're their enemy. So that's why I mentioned the... Jezebel spirit, which I call whelp, Western European Levitical patriarchism, shepherding. That's in the old move in prophecy, where everybody's got to be over everybody. They want to check on who's under whom. It's like a game who's over whom in the little churches in the grassroots and the big ones. And then there's that Jezebel spying accusation suspicion, which is really control, trying to keep people under them because they need to keep the system fueled to bring in tithe, to keep people, quote, in order, which is not teaching basically Ephesians 4, and then also training people about the fruits of the Spirit, self-government and discernment of boundaries. So all that was going on, making it a H, Hades, For me personally, as a female who doesn't think like the pink, think pink kind, I respect them, but I'm not like that. I think blue and I think yellow and I'm creative and I am a thinker, original in a bug. And I walk where i in the men's field, not wanting to, not trying to, but like I deal with men a lot and I respect men and I want men to be the head of the home. Should they be Christian but you know what? I'm not out to take their place, but I have an authority like a Deborah, office Deborah, apostolic Deborah. So we're going to go again. I think this reset, what we're happening, this epic change is really a rebooting. God is needing to reboot the systems, cleanse them, talk, detoxify them, make them less legalistic, full of themselves, less controlling and let God be the spirit of control, you know, the self-control. Discernment, yes, you can have groups and ministries, but just not all this witch-watching and formula and entertainment. Really, entertainment, man, to keep people wanting to come back. There's a balance between using all the great technology and fun. We're for that, I'll use that, but we're not for keeping mind of everyone's business, biting their back if you biting their back without ever trying to submit yourself to the whole counsel of God which is Matthew 15 Matthew 18:15 through 17 if you think somebody's in sin, if you have a beef with somebody or brother or your sister, make an appointment one to one and talk to them, confront them lovingly, respectfully to say see if it's true. That's never done to me. Never. Not once. Second is Galatians six one. If you are an elder, a leader, then your responsibility is to go in meekness and humility and confront the person one-to-one and tell them what's going wrong. Confront them of their area. Have I ever been confronted? No. Have I needed to be? No. But they think I have. And that's the Jezebel. That's the control. That's the gossip. How does that turn into a Jezebel and warp God's fellowship, make it accuser, unloving, accuser of the brother and the sister and the mother and and the leader. It's because they think they know it all, or we all could think that. And instead of lowering themselves to have a relationship, they go it through the eye of, of rumor. Oh, I heard that hearsay. What does our Bible say? It says, do not believe the evil report. I love to point out that the head leader of the church and of the future church is still Jesus, the Messiah, prophesied in Isaiah eleven two and 3. It said when the Messiah would come, Jesus, the apostle of all the apostles over the gates of every city, every prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, etc., that he would have all of God's seven spirits. Spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of power, spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, etc. Yet, he would not have it bombastically pushing people, pressuring people. He would have an honest ministry, but it wouldn't be one of these that had to fight to be known. He would come in humility, no ego. All the book of Acts, the same thing as the book of Acts to experience without speaking in tongues, but was wrapped up in one Hebrew earth suit under the name of Jesus Christ, self-governed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit like Paul talked about. And it would be the following. It said in Isaiah 11:2 and 3 that Jesus would come from the branch, the root of Jesse, David's line, not a, not a Le- Levitical, not a late Levite or Levitical patriarch, not critical, judgmental, accusing. But he would come, and he would be from the tribe of Judah, which means plow, praise, plow up people's minds for their thoughts to be exposed, etc., make decisions. But instead, Jesus Christ would come, and he would have all of God's seven spirits, that's Eli- Isaiah 11, 2, You can read them for yourself and ask for more of them. And then he would come like it said, but he would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make decisions based upon what he heard. That's the Messiah. He would delight himself with the fear of the Lord. He had the fear of the Lord himself. He would be sharp of discerning with all that going on. It made him sharp of discernment, accurate discernment. In the fear of the Lord, and yet he would not judge by the sight of his eyes, accuse people based on their look, their type, their the rumors. And it said he would not make decisions based on what he heard, which is believing the evil report or just gossips, winds of doctrine, and winds of rumors. So we want to go back for this new church that's coming out, that's going to be out there. I prophesy a real church. I prophesy a real unified church, all colors, black, brown, tan, white, whatever, all getting along by their humbling of Ephesians 4, choosing to self-humble and work it out so they can work on their own deal and get their heart ready to meet people that are not just like themselves, not all white, not all brown. But all kinds and not all upscale and not all downscale, low scale, but everybody equal because we're not thinking of self or stuff or the flesh. We're thinking of the Lord. Ephesians 4 gives tips on everyone walking in meekness and lowliness in common doctrine when Lord, when faith, when baptism, when God, the Father of us all. And it would be. The earmark of a Christian. Anything else would be Paul's writings. Paul says, do not forsake the fellowshiping of the saints. However, nobody, including Paul or Jesus, called people church hoppers and spread rumors that they weren't under authority. That's only today. Galatians, Paul said himself that he must have had trouble. That's my opinion, that Paul must have had trouble with the same spirit of LP, Levitical patriarchism, that I've had greatly. On my case, because he confronts the Galatians, he says, Who fooled you and bewitched you and put you back under the law? When he himself and his Galatians 1, 1 and 2, like myself, like Jesus, like Paul, he says, I am an apostle sent, a chief apostle, doctrine originator, lowercase letter, servant leadership. I'm an apostle sent by God not by any one man or any one group not by any one human or any one group but by the by the Lord himself and that's like this person is this chosen vessel and many should be and could be they don't know their freedom the issue is a lot of people have to use control or cuz they only know that one route we're teaching people yes there is such a thing as having to be strong having to be a disciplinarian with certain kinds of people, but not all. And there's a certain place of having everyone trained to watch themselves, act in James 3.17, fruit like the wisdom of God, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And then self-govern with the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians. Practice your own self-introspection discerning of boundaries, and everybody will get along, and society will want to be just like us. So we're not trying to put anyone down or anyone up. We're trying to let people have some freedom to think this through and see if it really fits. We're trying to, God does not want a demus ministry. He doesn't want us to be in denial that we really are missing it in certain areas, and the areas affect the relationships. (coughs) Excuse me. I was eating peanuts earlier. This is not the the terrible cough. <coughs> I think I have <laughs> a script. thing. So anyway, so we're talking about the introspection and the self introspection, and then to get past once we come up out of this chaos. me get my some water here. Hold on. This is not the big virus. God thank you. <laughs> This is just a peanut husk. All right. So we come up out of the morass of this chaotic. It's like prior to the world, let there be light. The churches, right now. It's scattered. There's a diaspora, a forced fleeing back to their quarters and a regrouping. And people will still want to be members where they left off and some will not want to ever go back and some will want to go back. But we want all people to be able to free go back without being named as a church hopper, without being named or blamed by legalism to say you're not under a famous bishop, a famous teacher, a famous prophet like we are. So I wrote at the top, God had me write a few years ago, a PDF that you can freely download which is at the top of onlinefellowship.us, dfwleader.org, and you can look up the, the Common Doctrine of Ephesians 4 and see how it fits and plays with what goes on with teaching in the lower ranks of fellowshipping with the saints. And the things that Paul said are now used for legalism and condemnation and rock-throwing, to get people to want to go to church. Well, it has the opposite effect on me. It makes me feel that I'm being violated, that I'm being taken at, you know, out, uh, pressured to perform. So he wrote it there for you to think it through as a sila. Such things as, what if I don't believe in wearing, that You, I can't wear slacks as a female, I can't pierce my ears or whatever. That's on there, such as, what if you are an older person dating a younger person what if you are not in a church right now what if you are uh all these different things that are legalisms that you don't for that you've forsaken you know and the bible has commands and we're all for paul has commands that are for all of us and god holds you and i accountable for everything paul writes conceivably, but I believe that due to the common doctrine statement and teaching, when Lord, when faith, when baptism, when God the Father us all, God identifies through Christ with our weaknesses, our many weaknesses, our lack of compassion, our need for compassion, our begetting sins, because then he and you and I work with God in a relationship because we love him more than life itself More than stuff, more than candy. All right. We go to him and say, Father, I can't really get myself disciplined here. I need your help. And he may say, Well, go to a counselor, get delivered, go get somebody to lay hands on you, go read your Bible and study, you know, and do work out, eat healthy. He might tell you something tailor made for you, which he wouldn't tell me or somebody else. There's no formula in this. So we're saying that when you look at the Pauline, Pauline teachings let's say the big the big one is hebrews ten twenty five. you shall not forsake the fellowshipping of the saints as some have don't forsake fellowshipping with the saints and down when you have when you have with small ministries it's used as a threat it's used as legalism and then the people get that way they're watching to who's not in church like they are goody goody two-shoe stuff i lived around that And that's immature. And I wasn't raised like that. My father was, as I mentioned, was a Christian pastor, Baptist pastor. And he was not under the law like that. No one looked and minded people's business. Nobody witch watched. Nobody was against being multicultural. So I grew up like a clean slate. And all these things that I mentioned bother me (laughs) because they're so not Jesus. They're religious. So if you have a stickler or a bone to pick with me, please get that PDF and see what I'm talking about with the free PDF on Common Doctrine at top of onlinefellowship.us and dfwleader.org. So bottom line on this, because I'm running out of room here on this podcast is that I believe we're in this epic shift. There is a rebooting. God needs to cleanse and purify us, so we're all all stuck in quarantine. Let's do our own inner work and soul searching. Let's humble ourselves to get along outside our own rank and file when we get back, when this comes back. Because Jesus is coming. It's more important to get along and represent the community, the whole healthy community represented in Ephesians 4. Read Ephesians 4. That's the big assignment. See if we line up as a church, as a person, as a teacher. Because it says in Ephesians 4, once the offices are on the same page, as a team, across the body, by the Spirit, Divine Appointment style, then the body of Christ will look like him more, there'll be less winds of doctrine, less con artists it mentions, less immaturity. And once that happens, the body is transformed, Jesus' body, and it affects society and transforms it. And that's what we haven't had now. We're not going to get until we act and resemble the church that Paul writes about, that Jesus really orchestrated the first church that was transforming. It didn't have all the luxuries we are used to having, but it did have more prayer and fasting. And maybe with this stripping, this economical thing that's happened, there'll be more humbling and fasting and praying just to survive. We're not wanting that. I would really caution you now to watch and pray for kids, little kids and stepchildren especially, Because abuse is going to be a big temptation if parents are suffering financially. And there's enough hurt now and warfare over little kids in the future and big kids and grown-ups and spouse abuse and parent abuse, grandmother abuse that we want to really be cautioning and praying against it, doing our part not to be that way, and letting God, the Holy Spirit, give us power over our own lips, like Revelation 12, 7 through 11, over the accuser, so that we're not accusers, we're not abusers, we're not wife beaters, we're not husband beaters. I've had a man that worked for me one time, and his, wife, his first wife was uh, dominating and beat him. So we want to say nothing is too strange in this world, but we want to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and the hope something good is going to turn out of this if we all just pray and believe and keep get our act together. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now. If you want to give, look on dfwleader.org and uh, go to PayPal. That's our email. PayPal is dfwleader at gmail.com rather. God bless you. Bye-bye.